0: Welcome to episode number 42 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast, presented by the Believe Network. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For this week's episode, I will be talking about USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference last month and what it means for college football and all things college football realignment the future of the sport future of the big 10 conference and uh, i'll also discuss what the number one player in minnesota jackson howard's commitment to lsu means for the gophers Let's start with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten Conference on, or at least announcing on uh, June 30th, shaking up the college football world. Um, they, They will officially join the conference in 2024, but just them announcing that they will obviously has huge implications for the conference, for the sport as a whole. Um, But my instant reaction um, I think there were The biggest obviously factor In this decision was money Um, Most things in college football All And really life in general in America All happen Due to money Um, USC and UCLA are going to make more money from this All the schools in the Big Ten are going to make more money From this Um, The main reason why Is the Big Ten's TV contract With Fox slash ESPN ends following the 2022-2023 academic year. So that means after this upcoming college basketball season, I I believe it would technically be the baseball season, but there's not much baseball broadcasted on um, big-time networks anyway. Um, But so not this college football season starting next college football season USC or the Big Ten's TV deal will end um and USC and UCLA obviously gives them a whole nother market on the west coast uh the biggest in the west coast the uh LA market biggest city in the west coast one of the biggest cities in the US um one of the biggest cities in the world um and that obviously those two factors uh make this decision make sense for USC and UCLA and the Big Ten. There are obviously a few things that come from this that don't make sense at all. Um, the one biggest one for me is the time zones. Um, USC and UCLA are obviously on Pacific time, which is a two-hour difference from Central time and a three-hour difference from Eastern time. And the Big Ten has, I believe... Penn State, Iowa, Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana are the only schools in the Eastern Time Zone. I know half of Indiana is. I'm not one hundred percent sure if Bloomington, Indiana, is, but um. So that's going to be interesting because obviously Fox likes to put a Big Ten school on their big noon kickoff game, um, which is the usually the biggest game of the week for them, at least. Um, And a game in USC or UCLA that would kick off at 9 a.m. So I don't know if that will change how Fox renegotiates their deal with the Big Ten. Um, A lot of stuff to still be figured out with this, obviously. Um, This is a long-term decision, and there are going to be long-term questions that still have to be answered. Um, But the time zones are going to be the weirdest thing. Um, these, everyone will say Rutgers to travel to USC for a Tuesday Big Ten game is going to be weird for basketball. Um, but for football, I would imagine those schools aren't going to be playing often. Um, like any sport, I think they're going to at least try to regionalize the scheduling as much as possible in basketball would be interesting cuz i would assume most schools are going to play most schools in the conference um but yet the time zones are going to be weird um i imagine USC and UCLA are going to have some pre 11am kickoffs at some point um i know in the past i think fox did it once or twice with the pac12 cuz i know they broadcasted pac12 games last year and the year before i believe um, but so that's going to be the most interesting thing. I don't know. I, the, obviously, the TV deal I think is going to dictate a lot of that. Um, but the kickoff times are going to be just weird to me because I kicking off like I, I played football up until uh varsity my senior year. I, I, you never had a football game at 9 a.m., you're playing at the biggest level of college football. It's weird that if you're kicking off at that time, but uh just because of money. I don't know. It's, it's all because of money, and all of this stuff's because of money. And that, that's just how America works. So um, I wouldn't get too butthurt over it because it's going to keep happening. Um, But off of the time zones, the, as for the football on-the-field product, just for football, two of the biggest brands in college football joining the Big Ten made me think, How would I rank the 16 teams in the Big Ten, uh, branding-wise? I personally would put Ohio State number one, Michigan number two, and USC would be number three now in the new Big Ten, in my eyes. Then I would go Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan State, UCLA, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Maryland, Purdue, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana. Um, so you can obviously look at a bigger landscape. I, I see USC still as a top 10 to 15 brand in college football. Um, they might not have as um, diehard of a fan base as a lot of the Midwestern schools in the Big Ten and Midwestern and Southern college schools in general, the West Coast uh Typically, at least in the past few years, 10, 15 years, doesn't really seem to care too much about college football, Um, but they still, USC still has a national brand. They're a national college football powerhouse. Um, I think with Lincoln Riley, they're going to get back to that. I don't know if that's going to reignite their fan base necessarily, but it'll be interesting. So those were my biggest reactions instantly from USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, um, it, there's obviously still so much to be figured out that there's a lot of questions left, but that, that's how I reacted to the news initially. But as for what's next for the Big Ten Conference, because a lot of rumors circulating about what's next, because Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC last offseason, or at least saying they will, um, obviously created a big Domino effect. A lot of conferences are like, what do we do? We need to change some stuff. The Big 12 added BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. Um, and so I would assume USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 is going to definitely have a huge impact on the Pac-12. And I think it's going to have an impact on other conferences. Um, as for the Big 10's outlook, based on... What I've seen and what I've heard, um, it seems like they are not um, chomping at the bit to add any more schools uh, within the next few years, I, within the next two to three years, I should say. Um, I uh, It seems like Notre Dame is their next big target and big brand they want to add, which would make a lot of sense geographically compared to USC and UCLA. Um, always a school that If they joined a conference, the Big Ten would make the most sense geographically. Um, Their whole brand is obviously being an independent in the history of Notre Dame. They travel the country and all that. But now with USC and UCLA in their conference and some Midwest schools and maybe uh, in a couple of East Coast schools, maybe they would be more intrigued to joining the Big Ten. I know Notre Dame's already in the Big Ten for hockey, but they are in the ACC for basketball and other sports. So, um... It is interesting. Uh, don't know what's going to happen to the ACC. Big 10 seems more stable at the moment. Um but I I would imagine they'll stick with these 16 teams for the next few years at least. Uh, they're definitely a couple of seasons after USC and UCLA officially join, but it seems like Notre Dame's their next big target. I know Oregon and Washington were floated around, um but seems like that's who they want to go after and they don't really have another direct target at the moment Um, but yeah I I think this is going to be the future for the Big Ten at least short term for the next five years Um, as for other conferences in college football there are so many rumors Um, but at the end of the day it really seems like this is going to be the SEC versus the Big Ten Um, I don't know how long that's going to take Um, but the big picture seems like that's what it's going to come down to. Um, but as like the ACC still has some of the biggest brands in college football in their conference, they still have Clemson, still have Miami, still have Florida state, North Carolina, Louisville. Um, those schools have been rumored to maybe join the SEC, maybe join the big 10. Um, I, I, I am I don't have that inside information, so I don't know, um, but I, I've heard that Miami might join the Big Ten, but all those other schools might join the SEC, so I, I don't know. It, there's so many questions to be answered, like I said, this is all a bunch of rumors. Um, the ACC the last few years really has, I guess, struggled to get a fan base that competes with the Big Ten in the SEC. I think for a big reason why, especially in football, their conference just hasn't been deep, especially the last uh, – since Jimbo Fisher left Florida State, Florida State's been, obviously – I don't know if they've even been in a bowl game. Um, but they're a top three brand in the conference, and they haven't been competitive. Miami hasn't been really competitive in, since since the 90s. Um, and, like, when you have Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest in your championship game, it's going to be hard to draw a national audience because those aren't very big brands in college football compared to the Big Ten. Like, last year when they had uh, Michigan and Iowa, those are two very big brands that are definitely bigger than uh, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. But when you have Ohio State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, th- these are schools with big um, National brands and Pitt and Wake Forest aren't, so that's why the ACC is struggling. But they still have brands like Clemson, Miami, and Florida State that I, at least for football, are still national brands in my eyes. Uh, Virginia Tech is also an underrated one. Um, so gonna be curious where those schools go. Um, but I I have no idea. There's it, so many things that could happen. Um, it seems like the Big 12 is pretty set on the schools that they currently have um, after adding BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Um, but I've also heard they could be in the mix for Colorado making a return, which would make a lot of sense, obviously, and Washington and Oregon. Um, I, into the Pac-12, I, those are the two most interesting national brands That could be on the move, because I don't think those two schools are going to want to play in a conference where their best competition is Stanford and Utah every year, or Washington State. The Pac-12, if they wanted to stay together, um, could add a San Diego State, a Fresno State, a Nevada, Colorado State. But again, that's just going to be a lower-level conference at the end of the day, like... My biggest takeaway from USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten is you can't make an argument with the Pac twelve as it is going forward to be a Power Five football school. Those just those brands just aren't big enough to compete with other conferences. Um so I this could be the beginning of the end for the Pac twelve specifically. Um as at least a power five conference, they could become uh It's just, they're not much different than the Mountain West now, in my eyes. Um, Oregon and Washington are two schools that have made the college football playoff um, and competed at a high level, but they just have no competition. Stanford, Utah has been good the last few years. Washington State was good with Mike Leach, but like Stanford hasn't been good since they had Andrew Luck. Uh, Colorado hasn't been good since the 90s. Um, and the, uh, then you throw in Oregon State, uh, have had okay years here and there, and Cal uh, hasn't been good since like the '80s. Um, and then Arizona State and Arizona, good few years here and there, but those aren't programs that are able to compete consistently. So uh, my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is I think the Pac-12's done so. I, I don't see how they would be able to compete with those schools. Because if you add a San Diego State or a Fresno State, two good mid-major college football programs, I don't know that that doesn't elevate your conference. Like, uh, the Big 12 at least still has schools like uh, that are competing. Uh, Like, they have a lot of solid schools like a Baylor, an Oklahoma State, Iowa State recently, uh, Kansas State, TCU. Like, these are really solid college football programs, at least in my lifetime as a 21-year-old. It just, Pac-12 doesn't have many of those. So I don't know. It's interesting. Um, obviously, like I said, a lot of rumors, still a lot of dominoes to fall in this whole thing. And the biggest question is, is this good for college football? So I, I was thinking about this. I'm a college football college basketball fan. I love college sports. Always will. I believe I always will like them more than pro sports. Um, just the pageantry, the fan bases, um, the history. It all, uh, it's just something about it just gets me going on it. On a Saturday morning to sit down and watch college football, Saturday morning watch college basketball all day, March Madness. There's just it, something that pro sports cannot replicate. Um, but is this good for the long-term future of college football? It really just comes down to, um, if you can accept change. Because in the history of sports, um, in the history of life, just things naturally change. Um, I think a reason why a sport like baseball has been able to stay relevant in the last 10 years is because they don't accept change. They don't realize that humans evolve, humans' interests evolve. Even though this is all dictated around money, just things naturally change over time. Um, What I've learned is, not to get too philosophical, but as a 21-year-old, if you just accept change um, and realize it's inevitable, life becomes a lot easier. And I don't think this change will really drastically impact college football. Um, All the teams are still going to be there. They're still going to play on Saturdays. They're still. It just they might play against different teams. And uh, one big thing will be the rivalries, but there have been rivalries that have come and go in the history of the sports. Um, I the big ones, Michigan, Ohio State, they're still gonna be playing each other. Alabama, Auburn, they're still gonna be playing each other. Minnesota, Wisconsin, they're still gonna be playing each other. Um so like as for college football, it just like I, I don't see why the rivalries can't continue if they're in different conferences. Like, uh, there's a lot of cross-conference rivalries that happened the last week of the year. Florida always plays Florida State. Clemson always plays South Carolina. There's a few that should happen that don't. Um, but, like, Kentucky always plays Louisville, Georgia Tech, Georgia. So, like, like what's, what, what that comes from this is bad. I honestly don't know. Um, people are just going to say... Like, I, I I can't think of a truthful reason why this is bad for the sports. Everyone's going to get more money. Hopefully, that gets to the players like it should eventually. Um, But, like, you're just going to say, oh, it's bad that there's two or three big conferences and that's it? Well, like, you just are used to there being five conferences. That's why you think it's bad. I don't, like the Big East used to be a big conference in football. That doesn't exist anymore. I think really all that comes from this is the Pac-12's done, in my eyes. I think the ACC's still got, going to stick around, personally. Um, I think the next big domino is going to be Notre Dame um, and Oregon and Washington and what the rest of these Pac-12 schools do. I personally think the ACC rumors might be a little rich, but I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I wouldn't have guessed USC and UCLA would join the Big Ten. But So what the heck do I know? But at the end of the day, I don't think this is um, a huge negative for the sport, and I think the sport's going to keep on going. Um, Fan base is still going to be there. Nothing's really going away. So I I just don't – bigger conferences would make for more interesting conference races so i don't know i i think it'll be fun honestly um it'll be interesting um and something fun to follow this week's episode of the believe in minnesota football podcast is brought to you by bet online our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including nba summer league major league baseball and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Uh, get started now! Now head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe B L E A V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Uh, before. I wrapped the episode up. A few things that happened in the last two weeks. Um, Biggest being the number one recruit in Minnesota, Jackson Howard, officially committed to LSU. Um, He was choosing between the Gophers, LSU, Michigan, and Miami. Um, So what does this mean for the University of Minnesota and their football program? Um, I don't think this drastically changes much. His commitment to the Gophers would have changed a lot. Um, The Gophers have been in that 30 to 40 recruiting class rating under P.J. Fleck pretty consistently, and he's shown that he can at least compete for Big Ten West titles with that level of talent. So... I don't think losing Jackson Howard ultimately changes that much. The Gophers still have a top thirty ranked class in the country. Seven out of the top ten Minnesota players, which are which is which is big. Um, and I think it's still a very impressive class, and it's just stepping stones. Um, I still think Howard seriously considered the Gophers, which is a step up from um, recruits in the past. Um and like there's going to be another Jackson Howard. Uh this is a long-term thing for the program. Uh PJ Fox trying to build long term. And um it might not be next year or the year after, but there's gonna be an Jackson Howard. Hopefully by then, uh the Gophers have played in a Big Ten championship game, maybe even one, and hopefully they um are able to get a recruit like Jackson Howard. Um, like at this point, LSU just it offers more to a four-star top 100 player than the Gophers. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine they're top three in the country and producing NFL talent. And the Gophers obviously have gotten a lot better under PJ Fleck. But like, if you were a high school player, I know everyone listening to this is Gophers fans, but be really hard to turn down an offer to go play in the SEC, go play at LSU. If you, uh like he obviously visited the school, uh, walk out onto Death Valley onto the field. It just, I would imagine it would be really, really hard to be like, no, I want to go play at Minnesota. Uh listen though, everyone listening to this, I'm just as big of a Gopher fan as you, but you got to be a realist and realize that's what it comes down to. Um, but at the end of the day, the number one player in Minnesota just committed to LSU, which is very cool. And Minnesota high school athletics is in tremendous upswing and it's great to see people from Minnesota uh, succeed at a national level. Um, few other things, um, one of the top 10 players in Minnesota that's uncommitted, the top uncommitted player in the state, Alanis Davis from Moorhead, Um, defensive tackle, is announcing his college decision tomorrow, as I'm recording this, on Tuesday the 12th. Um, He's choosing between the Gophers, Iowa State and Washington. He will be committing at 6 p.m. Would be another great addition to the class, obviously. Something to watch out for this week. And um, big in Gophers news in the last two weeks, I didn't really want to touch on this, but I'm going to, Former defensive tackle Val Martin came out and said some things about P.J. Fleck, uh, saying that he just wasn't a big fan of him. Um, In my humble opinion, I think uh, Gophers fans made this story a little bit bigger than it needed to be. Um, I know on my Twitter, I shared a few tweets. Um, That's because it's the middle of July and June. It's the middle of the summer, and people aren't talking about football, and a lot of people are now Um, but like I didn't share my opinion or anything on the whole thing and a lot of people were angry at me for even sharing the information and um, I think it's just a bit odd if you cover the team and you wouldn't share that a former player came out saying he hates PJ Fleck Um, I think it is at least interesting Um, I don't think it's a big deal at all Um, I know I have contact with one former player, at least phone number-wise, and I reached out to him and I asked what he thought about the situation. He just wasn't a fan of P.J. Fleck to begin with, and that's a reason why he transferred. It's just people don't like Nick Saban. People don't like Dabo Sweeney. I would assume his former players don't like Some of them don't like him. Um, And like nothing Val Martin said was – negative. He just doesn't like the way P.J. Fleck does things, and we all know P.J. Fleck does him diff- does things differently. Um, so, I just at the end of the day, I think at least all the Gophers fans on Twitter were just making it a bigger deal than they needed to be. They felt like they had to defend P.J. Fleck, and I just thought it was a bit over the top. I didn't think it was that big of a deal at the end of the day. Um, but an underrated part of it was on all these responses, there were just so many Nebraska fans that come in saying, Oh, PJ Fleck stinks. Like they, Minnesota really lives rent-free in Nebraska fans' heads. Like they're just scouring the internet for anything to use against PJ Fleck, which I just thought was hilarious. But that's all I'm gonna say about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal, and you really shouldn't either. Um, but that's all I got for this week's episode. Um, we'll be back to weekly episodes now that Fourth of July is done. Um, but as always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, sky you ma, and go gophers. <music>